Welcome, everybody, uh, to episode 28. Oh my gosh. Okay. Are to Haunting Cold Podcast, hosted by Katie, that's me. And me, I'm April. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. You're about to find out that this is your favorite podcast. If this is your first time listening. <laughs> if, if it's, it's not your first time listening, then you already know how you feel. <laughs> If it's your 28th time listening, thanks for sticking around. <laughs> yeah, wow. And yeah. It's almost we been a almost, year. I was, I was just going to say that. It's almost yeah. been a year. Well, it's been, been a year so. for us because we started recording in September of last year. And yeah. our release was October 1st, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Great. this recording is like a one-year anniversary. Technically, yeah. Technically. Oh, yeah. But hey, I'm back. I'm back from the Bahamas. Oh, yeah. No shark attacks on you. Yeah, there was a shark uh, attack two miles away from me, though. I know. I don't know if it was on the same day we were there. I think it might have been the next day, but there were definitely sharks in those waters. Listen, I don't like deep water and when we went snorkeling in Hawaii, I had to have not only a life jacket, but also a noodle. And I was attached to Josh the entire time. I'm very yeah, scared yeah. of deep water because I can't swim. Right. And Josh is like, you're 29 years old. You should probably learn how to swim. But anyway, so they, to know. my stupid effing friends kept saying like, it's okay. We're right here. Just like, you know, and I would only go into my hips like yeah. that's as far as I would go but the water kept like pushing me back and forth and they're like just take two steps forward and like you'll be fine you know like we're all right here whatever and so I get in to like my chest and a wave comes up and goes close to my freaking face and I start yeah. bawling and I'm like I'm okay I'm okay <laughs> but like <laughs> I'm bawling and Aww. they're like it's okay you can like go back and I'm like okay okay <laughs> but like I felt so stupid because I just like was blubbering in the water and the people next to me I was like I was safe right there why did you idiots talk me into walking any closer to you and I like people were laughing but I yeah, was yeah. bawling and I felt That's so scary, stupid though. That yeah, so if, like in any moment, like what if the wave is a little bit bigger and it takes you up off your feet? Well, and my friend Shelby, yeah. her husband Dustin was there and he's like, if you get swept away by a current, I'll come get you because I can swim. And I was like, I will probably kill the both of us. Like, <laughs> like I will panic and like, we'll I'll drag you down to the bottom with me. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, I'll just knock you out that way you don't. <laughs> you don't do that and I'm like okay you're gonna have to and I was like but I can't anyway after my meltdown I did not get in the water the rest of the time except for like my feet like let the water go over my feet because like I panicked really hard and then I realized I'm like that was so stupid because I know I'm scared I know I can't swim I should not have even risked it like people were there but like it's not worth like risking anybody so I felt really stupid for even like oh trying to be brave but anyway i'm like hyperventilating thinking about it because i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna die but then the people that were like looking at me like literally the water was right here like i was fine but yeah like i honestly was fine because i could literally step backwards and it would be like below my chest but i felt like 
my life was ending. <laughs> I was just like, the water's too close to my face. And I can't um, swim. Oh, anyway. So why haven't you learned to swim? I remember taking swimming lessons at that South Run rec or whatever rec center you used to work at. What was it called? Oh, Marv Jensen. Marv Jensen. But Old anyway, building. took swimming lessons there and I just I just panic when I tread water because like I feel like it's not keeping me up enough. Like mm. like it's I'm not out of the water enough when oh, I'm just wow. treading water. And so I'm like I panic and I can't anyway. Basically, so, like, the when swim- you're treading water, like the the water is at like your shoulder level, right? I no, it goes to here because I am panicking so much. It goes to oh. like my chin because like I I'm not calm and-, and I'm like and I'm panicking. I don't know. I just panic. But I remember one time I thought I could swim, but I couldn't. Anyway, Abby, our cousin, we were at the some pool, the South Jordan one, like the yeah. Anyway, we're at a pool and I'm like, come on, like you can come in here on the deep end, you know? And I'm like, I, I got you. She jumps on top of me and we both go down and Brian had to get us out. Ooh. And well, and I just felt like I was going to die. So I think yeah. I'm just like traumatized. Why do that? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm perfectly fine breathing up here. Yeah, the, the air is good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's no air and water, so like, right. why, why go there? Okay, I get it. Anyway, well, I mean, it might be stupid. I just, um, that's well. just my reality. And so, if there's ever a tsunami that comes all the way to Utah, I'm screwed. Hey, well, listen, that's my biggest fear. Well, I mean, I same though because it's like I will have no other option than to die because like there's but, yeah, it's like the ocean would be in the sky, and you your only <laughs> option is just to sit and watch it come at you. Exactly. Like yeah. go to what higher ground? Right. If a tsunami's already above you, you're gonzo. <laughs> like oh, that stresses <laughs> me out. I know. Like, let's just talk more about how much we have anxiety about water. So, okay. Tell us more about the cruise, though. Um, Tell us about the bachelorette party. How did that go? Let me tell you about how we got there. Because we flew in using Spirit, okay? And, like, our (laughs) chairs... It was like an older plane, you could tell, because our chairs were like a light blue color. It looked like a lawn chair. Like, it looked not safe. <laughs> <laughs> and I surprisingly ended up sitting next to Whitney and her husband, Nate. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't know until we got there. And we're like, whoa, hey, look, we have the... We're sitting next to each other. Anyways. <laughs> so, um, Whitney has a is as scared of flying as I am of water. Oh. Okay. Oh. And I... I'm not the person for her <laughs> on the plane because I like I cope with worst case scenario situations yeah, because I yeah. know that's not likely. But right. like I think, oh yeah, we're going down. Oh no, but we're not really, so I'm okay. You know what I mean? Like it's stupid. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> right. So I start like talking about the turbulence as we're taking off because she's like having a heart attack she's holding my hand and clutching on to nate she's a mess and i'm just like this seems normal and we're in lawn chairs they may crumble under us but we'll be okay (laughs) 
just yeah. like whatever and then she's like april you gotta shut up like this is not funny and then like she's laughing but i know she's like not happy with what i'm saying but then yeah. um i can't remember what happened i think it was just some turbulence or whatever and she's like panicking and i'm like hey whitney <laughs> sorry i was like hey whitney what color coffin do you want <laughs> <laughs> and Nate looked at me and just starts laughing and he's like why would you say that I was like just so we know <laughs> she was like why how does your brain even get there April? yeah and she was just like I can't with you and anyway so <laughs> I distracted her enough that I don't think she was scared the whole time but I did not help I don't think hmm. so it Whitney if you're listening I apologize for that but she was one of the people who bullied me into the water so I think we got <laughs> got even <laughs> I think we're even so yeah but that oh, was did they overcharge you for your bag no the girl it was like two pounds over and she's like you're fine don't worry about it oh, and then right. on the way back because I didn't have all the bachelorette stuff in my bag like it was under so I was safe there so nice it worked out it worked out and then so a lot of the cruise like I was by myself obviously everyone was paired up I was the only one without a without a person and like Mm -hmm. the anxiety stopped once we were there I was fine with being alone what sucked was was when there was downtime or people were out taking naps or whatever they were always like paired up right with either their spouse or like Jordan's sisters were paired together yeah and so I was just like roaming around by myself a lot of the time which was relaxing in a way but it was also kind of boring you know I was like yeah what do I do like Like, literally what do I do yeah so you didn't have internet access no well so I had some internet where I could use like Facebook chat so I would use like messenger to talk to Josh Mm -hmm. um we had like a chat system for the cruise on the cruise app but that kept not working so oh. I couldn't even reach out to people to, like, meet up somewhere on the ship. See, like that's where I would panic. Because I, yeah. I would feel way too unplugged. Like, okay, not only can, am I alone here. Yeah. Like, not really alone, but, like, alone right now here. But yeah. I'm in the middle of the ocean, and I don't have a way to, like, check in on my kids. Or, like, right. you know, so you just sit, you're just there to sit with yourself. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, this is unpleasant (laughs) it was just like I don't know what to do um but I was only I was one of the only people that got the internet package where I could talk to Josh with Facebook and then halfway through Corey got it so like if I couldn't reach them with the chat that kept going in and out then I could message Corey and be like hey (laughs) what you guys doing (laughs) like can I hang out with you and I kind of felt lame like saying hey can I meet up with somebody because I didn't want to be like the loner that had to be with people all the time so I really tried to let people do their own thing and then every Mm -hmm. once in a while I would meet up with them if if they were around but like I felt so isolated it was so weird but it was still like most of it was fun it was just like there were moments where I was like know what to do with myself and I feel like the biggest loser (laughs) yeah it was it was difficult but it was it was fun and the bachelorette party like we did it in my room which had no airflow so like it got really hot so we had to kind of hurry with like what we were doing 
And then, which it was so fun because I got like a Polaroid camera and we did a bunch of pictures, which was fun. And then um, we left the room and went and had dinner with the guys. And then um, we did karaoke, which I'm realizing like I, I rely heavily on people singing along with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or just like having a good crowd. Cause like we <laughs> went the night before to karaoke and they were like so into it. Everyone was like cheering everyone on, singing along yeah. and dancing to every song, you know? So we were like hyped. Then we get there and the crowd was lame, like so lame. Everyone was silent. No right, one really right. clapped and cheered for people. So then we went to the. Taste of how you're going to feel for your speech i'm like okay my speech is just gonna be awesome (laughs) yeah like i just have to have a really good speech but then we went to the nightclub and danced for like 15 minutes and then we went to bed (laughs) it was was fun it was fun but like we're we're old so yeah we didn't last long but how was the food and the drinks they're i mean pretty good i mean it's it's nice when you have unlimited food but i was bloated the entire time because yeah, it's yeah. like greasy food and you know drinking and stuff I was just super bloated and so I didn't feel like confident in anything I was wearing so I just uh, felt yeah. like my body is sabotaging my life right now <laughs> so so yeah. anyway it like the food is good <clears throat> but I don't know it was it was a good time but it was a lonely time <laughs> okay <laughs> you're like it and on that note let's move on <laughs> but i mean like okay so what else was there to do on the cruise like you just roam around and look at the they water have like random activities like they change out the food every few hours to be different mm-hmm. kinds of food then like they have little concerts like a show of these people doing like a combination of all these different like 80s music Mm -hmm. then they had like a beach boys night and then they had like a um elton john piano man night you know so like we went and watched a lot of those shows which is always really fun yeah but like (laughs) i don't know like the activities a lot of the activities i didn't i wasn't interested in Mm -hmm. because they were like oh here come learn about posture every morning at nine o'clock and it's like oh or two and then they so had like think that maybe it would have been more fun on like a different type of cruise i think we would have had a better time at a resort not a ship okay yeah yeah okay. but but it was still fun it was just hard because we couldn't communicate most of the time yeah, um yeah. or i mean it was just in and out but i really think we we made the best of what we had i think like it was yeah. it was good still good so, yeah, yeah. Good. Princess K's, though, if anyone goes to Princess K's, which is owned by Carnival Cruise, it's so pretty. And the Nassau place, Nassau, Bahamas, that that was the first place we went. And that's where the shark attack happened. Okay. It's like people heckling you constantly, even when you're in the water. They will yell, yell to you and see if like, hey, you need an umbrella. Hey, you need this. Hey. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, constant. And so, like, that was kind of annoying because we were, like, dude, just leave us alone. <laughs> we didn't really get to enjoy yeah. the beach 
just because they were constantly like asking if we wanted to buy something. I think my husband was like, hey, baby. <laughs> I was no, like, oh, nice. Wow. That is not something I experienced. That's what I thought you meant by heckler. But it, <laughs> people trying to sell stuff is not as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But Princess K's and Grand Turk were really nice. Yeah. And not like you were being freaking swarmed constantly. So that's nice. my review. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So <clears throat> next week is the wedding. It's the wedding. I can't and believe it. Yeah. This so the dress about. fits. Your dress fits. Yes. Yes. I haven't actually tried it, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And have you figured out what you're going to do with your hair, your makeup? Jordan hired someone to do the makeup. Oh, nice. Um, I am just going to curl it. I got a halo extension thing so oh. that my hair could be longer or fuller, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to try it. I may just leave my hair normal because mm -hmm. I don't have to look great. <laughs> like, like, I'm not there to be, you know, all dolled up. Honestly, I don't think the extensions would add so much for it to be worth it that's just me that's why i've yeah. never done extensions but well i didn't it's just like a thing that i put on my own head it's not like it's not like i'm going somewhere to get extensions in like a clip in or whatever yeah yeah it's just kind of there by a string mm -hmm. so it's hanging on my head which feels wow. weird but it's not bad huh. my only worry is that if there's moisture in the air my hair will flatten out so I'm hoping that if it, if I have that, then maybe it will leave some body to my hair. Mm. I don't know if it's going to rain. <laughs> like it's really rainy for the next couple weeks. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know either. So I'm a little nervous, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know but if I should be. I haven't done it yet. I will. <laughs> I have a lot of ideas of things I want to say. Yeah. But I also don't know how much I want to go off a script, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, do yeah, I want to say both ways, you know? Like, maybe go off of like word by word, note card, whatever, and see how you feel about it. But if yeah. it feels like it's weird, then maybe do like bullet points. So it kind of guides you on what you want to say. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good idea. But, well, we spent a lot of time talking about that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we did. Thank you. That's a potato. <laughs> uh, nice. Um, yeah, we had we're having a late dinner. <laughs> uh I went and got firehouse subs. Oh. I've never had firehouse subs. Do you like mushrooms? Yes. You should go to firehouse subs and try the engineer. What's on it? It's a turkey provolone with mushrooms. Oh. It's really good. Like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. <clears throat> and I have learned that Subway makes me sick. Have you ever uh, smelled their bread? I mean, you walk into a Subway and it just kind of smells like vomit. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the one here. Oh. But well, I do remember the one in West Jordan that was by our old house. You walk in and it smells too much like vinegar, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Something that must have happened. <laughs> <laughs> there was an accident here somewhere. 
And you really had to clean it. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, yeah, I can tell. They spilled vinegar all over the floor, and it's just like there to stay because they can't clean it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just can't get. I can't walk into a subway without feeling like I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> hey, our subway has a drive-through. Have you ever seen that before? Yes, but now I no longer can even eat it. Oh. Well, it's too expensive anyway. It's not worth it. I like firehouse subs because like every couple weeks I get like a free sandwich. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I have loyalty their, points? <laughs> yeah, I have their their app and like it's like 8,000 points <laughs> to, get, to get a free sandwich. You get one every couple weeks? <laughs> I don't use it every couple weeks. I don't know how I get it so often because <laughs> I really don't eat there very much. Huh. There was, I did hyperfixate on it for like a good two weeks. <laughs> but it was just a phase. It's <laughs> just, I do that sometimes. I'm like, I really like this sandwich. I need it every day. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I'm glad the cruise went well. And yeah. uh, I'm excited to hear about how it all goes with the wedding. I mean, I'm going to be there, but I'm excited to hear like how you feel it went, you know. <laughs> You're going to see it all over my view. <laughs> You're going to have to write notes on what I look like when I'm doing it just for our friends that are no, listening. I'll just record you. Or, or that. And then I'll be like, yeah. oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I'll oh, do an no. Instagram live. <laughs> I will die. Okay, maybe we'll do a vote if I should do an Instagram live. We'll let our, our fans tell us. <laughs> They're probably going to be like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't do public speaking. That's yeah. not your calling. Really, the uh, goal is to not yeah. cry. Or, sh you know how, like, I don't want to hold paper because I feel like I'll be like, uh, yeah, like, you'll show how nervous you are. You got to yeah. look confident and, like, stoic. Yeah, I got to look like I, like, I got it. Like, you got to, like, meditate before. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm here for, and I'm going to nail it, and it's going to be great. Yeah. Everyone has said that I may do better than Jordan because Jordan's going to try to make it go really fast and get out of there. And I'm like, yeah. I just have to be funnier than Jordan. I have to not cry. <laughs> I have to, like, hit people's feels. Right. I have, I have, yeah. I have an objective. <laughs> and so now I just have to execute it and it's going to be. Right. Well, you got a week. So good luck with that. <laughs> yep and we will hear back how that is in episode 29 <laughs> for our anniversary episode too yeah um, yep it'll be a great time and it's probably gonna have just as long of an intro as this one so oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no i don't <laughs> care yeah if people care they could fast forward that's and they already have yeah <laughs> That's a luxury we have these days is you can fast forward right on through things you don't want to hear. Exactly. exactly. But then they won't know they don't want to hear it until they get all the way through it. And they're like, well, that was a waste of my time. <laughs> well, that's just bad judgment on their part. <laughs> yeah. You should already know if you don't want to hear about our lives, then you need to move along. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, if you really need us to, like, paint this out for you. <laughs> Right, then stop listening now. Yeah, here's a fast forward button. It looks like two triangles going to the right. So click yes. on that and 
just keep clicking on it until <laughs> until, until you feel comfortable. Until, <laughs> yeah, until you're like, oh, this is what I want to hear. Yeah. Until you got all our way. outro music. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that was it. That was nice. Okay. Was good. Mm-hmm. So, what have you been up to while I was away? Well, I have caught up on Stranger Things. Oh my gosh. Do you love it? Yes, for sure. And I know they are creating a season five. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, like how? What? It's going to happen because now, like, okay, if you haven't seen it, you don't want spoilers, skip ahead. But what <laughs> is everybody going to do <laughs> now? Like, the whole town knows that there's monsters. Upside down. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, okay, so then, and, okay, so then, (laughs) that makes me think that, okay, so in the first season, I forgot the names of all the characters again. Already? I really died. Who is Dustin. Dustin. Okay. So, Dustin says, it's kind of like a foreshadowing, he was like, oh, the only way to beat Vecna is with an army of zombies, and then Officer Hops is like, well, where the hell are we going to get an army of zombies? Excuse me. <laughs> and then Dustin was like, sorry, I was just trying to help. Fast forward to Four now. Seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if people who have been killed in the Upside Down will come back as zombies to that fight Vecna. And so that makes me think that, um, this is another spoiler, skip ahead. It makes me think <laughs> that, uh, what's that kid's name? Eddie. Eddie. He's going to come back. Okay, what about Max? Because she's oh, not. Oh, yeah, all of them. He's blind. Oh, yeah, I yeah, know. Sorry, yeah, Max is blind. Sorry, I was, thought you were talking about um, who's the first girl who was killed? The the friend, Debbie or something? <laughs> not Debbie. <laughs> I don't remember. I got to watch it all again. I see, that's the benefit you have of watching from one to four, like all at once, because I watched one through three like two years ago. And so when the fourth one came out i was like okay yeah but like I, then i forget what happened in the last three so like oh. i gotta go watch it all again yeah you should because i bet you'll catch on to things yeah like shadowing so. i think you might be right i think yeah. we're gonna find out though i think we will so that's what i've been up to <laughs> man your uh, life is even full <laughs> yeah i don't not much is happening over here I just say, like, the scene with Eddie got me in the feels so hard. I was hyped when he was doing yeah. his guitar thing, and he's ripping it, and he's, like, oh, yeah. killing it, right? And then the second... And you know that that is just, like, the peak of all things in his Yeah, life, and he's, you know? like, you know, and then Dustin's, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, this is not bad thing. And yeah. then freaking when eddie was like i didn't run away i started crying oh so my hard gosh, yeah i was like he he oh, like I forgot about that part yeah he felt so guilty you could tell how guilty he felt for running away mm-hmm. and then i was like but i didn't this time yeah. and then oh my gosh <sighs> yeah oh my gosh that just gave me chills all over again i, I know he had said that it, what a heartbreaking. it hurts me inside you know? so hard you know whose death I really didn't like? Sad <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was, um, oh, what's his name? Samwise. <laughs> but 
you weren't sad about his yeah the the boyfriend yeah you weren't up like oh man i mean it was just kind of like i mean now you're out of the way because <laughs> like it just seems like every season they bring in some random oops some random character and that character is the one that dies but and i didn't feel like he was that random Maybe it's because I watched Lord of the Rings recently, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I just like feel for Sam. He's such a good friend. I know. Whenever I see him, Frodo, I'm I'm he's like, oh, look, it's Samwise. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Uh, me too. Josh had me watch all of them. We had a marathon because they have a new series, oh, like yeah, prequel hard. to The Hobbit or whatever. Listen, guys, we're dorks. It's fine. <laughs> but, but... I watched them all through and I just was like, I have a new like hatred for Frodo. I think he's such a whiny little butthole. Right. And like, like he couldn't get himself up to Mordor his himself. Yeah. Sam carried his ass and then like saved him. And for what? And he was so (laughs) ungrateful and he freaking took Gollum's word over Sam's. Like, I know he was all like obsessed with the ring and whatever but like i kind of think if it i it's like really the ring i'm <laughs> should have just left in there yeah. i'm gonna drop you where you fall i'm not carrying you anywhere else you stupid asshole like yeah no I, you're right yeah <sighs> sam what Sci-fi a good movies <laughs> god be grateful for your friends you know <laughs> like, right. sometimes they do more than you think Anyways, well, then there are friends that suck, like Frodo. I've had a few Frodo's, you know. I've had a few Frodo's. I've had a few Golems. <laughs> yeah, I love. I I feel like such a geek when I like think it's so funny, but I think it's super funny when Gimli and Legolas like are counting how many people they kill. Oh yeah, and yeah. it just makes me laugh every time. But, like, you realize, because the TVs are better now, you realize, like, how bad the graphics are. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this, <laughs> like, green screens. Yeah, you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So fake. Even though you know it's fake, because there's no elephant things. Using <laughs> 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 to fight a war, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there's no eye in the sky. I don't know. <laughs> like- <laughs> I know it's fake, but make me believe. Yeah, I need I need them to trick me into thinking that these are real places and real events. <laughs> or I don't appreciate it as much. Anyways. Hey, bro, do you have a story for us? Oh yeah, sorry. I keep talking <clears throat> about things that are stupid. No, you're good. I just figure we should we should get to them. Okay. Have okay. you ever heard of the cold case of Rosie Tapia? No. Oh man, oh man, oh man. So a lot of my okay, so I, I listened to a crime junkie podcast. They did a really good job at it. I uh looked at ABC4, Salt Lake Tribune, Deseret.com, and um there's an episode of On the Case with Paula Zahn mm-hmm. that you can get on Discovery ID. Anyways, really good. Yeah um season 18 episode two is the one that is about this story and then um also uh reddit anyways okay Uh, okay here we go here we go 
Okay. Um, on August 12th, 1995, it was a Saturday and Louine Tapia and her husband, Roberto, were headed out for a date night. Their oldest daughter, Amelia, was 18 years old. They also had another daughter. So Amelia and Esmeralda were older daughters that Louine had from a different marriage. Okay. Then Louine and Roberto had three kids together. That okay. was Rosa, who goes by Rosie. She was six years old. Mm-hmm. And then two or and then four-year-old twins, Robert and Angelica. So um, five kids total, right? Right. So the oldest daughter, Amelia, she was tasked with watching the three youngest while they had date night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lived in a first floor apartment at the Heartland Apartments. It was on Redwood Road in Salt Lake City. Louine and Roberto, they were out all night, right? They didn't get home till around 2 a.m. Um, and before they went to bed, Louine decided to go and check in on the kids and just, you know, as you do, <laughs> you just, yeah. you know, even if she's fine, she just still goes and makes sure everything is fine. Right. Anyways, right. so Rosie, Robert, Angelica, they were all sound asleep in their beds. And Louine did notice that their bedroom window was open a little bit. So uh, because it was August, it's still pretty hot in Utah. So they, she assumed it was just to cool down their room. So she closes it enough. Um, it was uh, the ones that I go up and down, not the... Okay. Anyways, so she closes it um, mostly, but didn't latch it because it would have w- woken up the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but she also left, as she walked out, um, she left the door open just in case they had to go to the bathroom. They didn't wake up their siblings. They just walk out, get some water, get, go to the bathroom, whatever. Yeah. So then she goes to bed. At around 5.30 in the morning, she wakes up, kind of stirs, and she immediately feels uneasy and like something's off. Oh. And it, and it's it's 5.30, so she had only been asleep for about three-ish hours, okay? So she gets up, and she's immediately, like, awake. And she's like, hey, there's something weird. Something's going on. Yeah. I can't pinpoint what the feeling was, but she's like, hey. <laughs> so she, yeah, so she opens her door, and <clears throat> immediately down the hallway, she sees that her kid's bedroom door was closed. And she's like, hold on a second. <laughs> I yeah. left that open. But maybe they went to the bathroom and closed the door behind them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she goes in the bedroom and she looks around. She sees Roberto and, or sorry, Robert and Angelica still in their beds. But Rosie's not there. Rosie's bed is empty. Oh my gosh. And she's like, oh my gosh, where is she? Yeah. She then sees the window. The window is wide open. Oh no. And the closet, or not the closet, the curtains in the window and the blinds were like half broken down and like on the floor. And she's like, she's gone. Like she immediately knew that she's gone. Right. Yeah. Um, so she screams Rosie's name. Um, and she runs around the apartment. She wakes up Roberto and Amelia and Mm -hmm. they look around the house or the apartment and they can't find her. So she calls 911 about 6 a.m. And um, before the Salt Lake City Police Department were able to get to the Tapia's apartment, they 
the Tapias had already called their entire family and they were already there before the police got there. Wow. And they're, they've already printed flyers. Like, they're what? like, yeah, they were, I think the police department, they, I don't think they like took their time. I don't think they like moseyed over, but within 10, 15 minutes, they had already started printing flyers. Their entire family was there frantically searching the apartment building, knocking on wow. doors, waking people up. Like, have you seen Rosie? Like she's not here. And it's a pretty yeah. decent size apartment building. Like it's a whole complex, right? So they're, they're frantically searching everywhere. Do you know like what floor they were on? They're on the, the level, ground level, first oh. floor. Okay. Yeah. So like with her bedroom door or sorry, her bedroom window being ground level, you know, it's kind of easy to access. Right. Um, no ladder needed. <laughs> right. So, um, Detective Horton Parks on that, um, on the case, oh, what was it called? Yeah, on the case of Paula Zahn, he was interviewed and um, he said in his experience, he's never seen a family begin a large search like that that quickly before the police arrived. He's like, I've never seen anything like it. Like they were on it and yeah. ready to like they were not joking around that is and, crazy right i can six years old that's levi that's like yeah. like, like i would probably feel the same you know yeah. like and their their family was close they had family friends like in the apartment building like they were close by but like still i feel like our family is pretty similar we'd all be there like instantly i feel like mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah Ooh, that's so scary so the police process the bedroom and they see the same thing that uh Louine walked in on. She's they saw the open window, the missing screen. Oh, the screen was taken out. Oh of the window and on the floor or on the ground outside. And the blinds and curtains had fallen down, right? Um yeah. while that was happening, they're processing, they're getting prints or they're whatever. Other officers were out canvassing the area and trying to look or, you know, talk to neighbors and stuff like that. Uh, Louine was adamant that the only answer to what was happening was that someone came in through the window and grabbed Rosie and left with her. Like, that was the only possible explanation in her, in the mom's mind. Yeah. Police did have to consider that maybe Rosie left out the window on her own, but she's six years old. Yeah. Like, I know I mean, there are Aria likes to sneak out the windows, like, but that's during the daytime and she's doing yeah. it to go play outside, you know, and it, it's not yeah. in the middle of the night. So, like, yeah. I do see where the police are like, you know, maybe she got up and wanted to go play, but didn't want to like wake everybody up. But it's also like, if you know that your kid wouldn't do that, like, right? You know that, yeah. Then, because I think it's a possibility, but I feel like even if that was the case, it would still be an urgent situation to like yeah. find she's her. Gone. Let's like you know put out ABBs and whatever. But she's not where I think she is, or you know she's not where she should be. Right. So, so she's in danger because she's six and she's out in the world. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the police kind of like realized that looking at the evidence and the condition of the bedroom definitely had them leaning towards an abduction. Um, they're like, this is likely to be this, but we do have to consider other things. 
Mm -hmm. Um, After further analysis, the window had a pry mark on the screen that was taken out. So it was like bent and something had pried it open, which shows that someone was trying to gain access to the room from the outside of the home. So Mm -hmm. that takes out the possibility that she just got out. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, They also found footprints on the window. So directly under the window was a dresser. And on that dresser, um, there was a towel just on the dresser. And there was in on that towel was a footprint of a man's shoe. Um, And then shoe. Yeah. Oh. And so they're like, you can't really consider that she left if she's not wearing men's shoes. Right. And it's not like muddy. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of thought. It was, like, silly to even consider that she had left, considering all the things that they are yeah. seeing, right? Knowing all this, yeah. Right. Um, but not, not only that, they also found a matching footprint with the same shoe on the curtains that had fallen onto the ground. Okay. So, someone stepped on the dresser, stepped down onto the curtains that had fallen, and then took Rosie out the window. Also... So they, the police did interview the family. Like, did you hear anything? Did you see anything? And none of them had heard anything or seen anything. But I'm like, the curtains had fallen. Don't you think? I was just thinking that. Four-year-old and and is, the screen being popped out. That's metal, you know? Yeah. You think you'd hear something, right? But that not, mm-hmm. no one in the home said they heard anything. But so early... Reports did state that Rosie's four-year-old brother, Robert, did wake up and see a bearded man in his bedroom and told him to go back to sleep. But then later reports, everyone was saying we didn't see anything and didn't hear anything. So it could have been an imagination thing. It could have been that he did see something, but it was he was four years old, so they had a hard time like making that concrete like evidence, um, especially yeah. with other witness reports describing a different person so it's anyway so it was kind of hard to like really put that as concrete stuff that's so tough especially for like that kid now you know being like is that what i saw or did i imagine that was it like was it persuaded for me to think that's what i saw did i have a dream like who knows, you know, and like, yeah. you know, I know you said it's a cold case, so we don't know, but it's like, it's just hard to wonder that would be horrible. Yeah. And to be like, I could have seen something. Was it real or was it not? And if right. I did see something, could I have the answer that we need to find what happened? Right. Yeah. Like, can I somehow still help, you know? Right. Right. Uh, and another, na- and another neighbor in the apartment complex told police that around 4 a.m. they heard someone scream. But that was the only person that had said that. No one else heard anything. And so it's possible that that was something. It could have also been like a different sound that may mm-hmm. have been like a siren or it could have been like a dog. Like, have you heard Cooper screaming? Like, <laughs> could have been yeah. something like that. But, Who knows? but that is something that they also um, they're like okay that kind of fits in the time frame of when she could have been taken from her room um yeah. but if she screamed then her parents and family would have woken up 
You know what I mean? Like it's unless she screamed outside, like if she's being taken into a car. Yeah, you know that's true. Yeah. So after investigators spoke to the older sister Amelia, they learned something interesting that might be a clue that they can use later. They learned that the evening before, when the parents were out on their date. Amelia walked Rosie to the playground at the apartment complex. Like they have like a private playground where, okay, sorry. Amelia left Rosie there to play and return to the apartment, which I'm like, um, Don't nope. Do that. <laughs> it was the nineties, but nope. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like don't leave yeah. a six year old by themselves at the playground. That's silly. But when Amelia opened, okay, sorry, sorry. I skipped a, a line. Okay. So she left. Rosie there to play, and then she went back to the apartment. Mm-hmm. Between 7 and 8 p.m. that night, there was a knock at the door, and when Amelia opened the door, there was a stranger, a dude that she didn't recognize, who was carrying Rosie in his arms, like cradling her. And he told what? her this story that Rosie had gone down the slide and another kid went down the slide after her, kicked her in the back, and she fell off the slide. So she was hurt. And so he's like cradling her and saying, she's hurt. Here you go. Um, Amelia said that this man looked like he was nervous and that he stuttered a lot. And But she was like, okay, thanks. Um, like, I'll take care of her. Goodbye. <laughs> you know? So she brought Rosie inside and the man said, bye, Rosie. And they shut the door. And Rosie said, uh, I wasn't hurt. <laughs> what? Yeah. He was like, she's like, that didn't happen. What? And, and then she's like, and I don't know how he knows my name. What? Yeah. So what happened? Yeah, right. Right. And how did this guy know where she lived? How did he know her name? And why was he cradling her? I, in my head, if I was trying to be a good Samaritan, I'm like, okay, like you're hurt. I think I've seen you walk that way with your sister one time and she called you Rosie. Like if you can walk, then I'll like walk you home and say, hey, she got hurt. Like she seems okay, but this is what happened. Yeah. I would not be cradling someone else's child if they were like capable of moving. You know what I mean? yeah weird 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 i don't like it i think this guy how is old was dead. he did they say he was like in his 30s or 40s so he was like okay. like a dad age yeah yeah and on top of that rosie said <coughs> that she had seen this guy sitting on the bench and that she didn't think he had any kids at the playground oh so he was just like watching kids like a weirdo that is so creepy so later we find out that this guy had a reputation at the apartment complex that he kind of like chills around the playground and plays his guitar with the kids. Like he like plays okay. for the kids and like just hangs out at the playground. Like yeah, weird. Anyway, I just like think he's a freak. Anyway, like so, I'm sorry. Exactly. Right. Like I think he was scoping it out. Yeah. Um, but so Amelia was able to provide police with a description of this guy. He was a thin, tall, white guy with a baseball cap and sunglasses. So conveniently couldn't see his face. So 
that's a weird thing. And the police like note it, right? And they're like, okay, we'll look out for this guy type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the t- Tapia family and their group of search volunteers and family covered almost every inch of that apartment complex looking for Rosie. Um, Esmeralda, one of her older sisters, described Rosie as fun, full of life, and always getting into her makeup like any other little sister, being a punk, yeah. but, you know, fun and silly. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Rosie's aunt described her as, or described how much she loved music and loved to dance and that she was just a super Aww. fun, silly girl. Her family obviously was distraught that she was missing and they were all panicking and they just had this gut feeling that something happened. So at 10 a.m. that morning, literally four hours after they realized she's missing, a jogger running with his dog discovered a body of a small child floating down the center of the Jordan River Canal only two miles away from the Tapia's apartment. No. Yeah. And Louine, like, I just want to hug her because she was listening to the police scanner so that she'd get anything that was happening. She was listening to the police scanner and she heard this communication with the police talking about a woman's body being found. And she's like, oh, that's not my Rosie. Like, it's Mm -hmm. a woman's body. But the translation didn't come through that it was actually a child's body. That is so heartbreaking. I know. I don't know why, but in my head, I thought that this story was going to end like, and we, that's it. We don't know. But. Oh, there's more. Oh, there's more. Well, we still don't know, but like, (laughs) there's more to like. So as, as this body's being, you know, um, the fire department had taken it out of the the canal um the investigators immediately realized that it's her they recognized the pajamas that she's still wearing mm-hmm. and they didn't immediately see a, a cause of death like they didn't see like bruising they didn't see anything that was obvious that obviously like um wow this went fast okay Sorry, I missed. They didn't see immediate sign of a struggle of any kind. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Rosie's uncle was tasked with the job of identifying Rosie's body. And he had to return home to his sister to tell her that sh- her daughter was gone. Mm-hmm. And Louine said that when her brother walked into the house, she could tell on his face that it was Rosie that they found in the canal. And they both just, like, started crying and she just knew. Like, um, can't, like can't really say anything. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so heartbreaking. I know it. Like, I just can't imagine. Th- and this all happened within like four or five hours. Yeah. And I right. like, I can't even imagine. Like, you want to cling on to hope that that you know, yeah, she was taken out of her window, but maybe she's okay. Maybe. Well, like, that's what my brain was thinking for your story. Like, you know, maybe like she's out there still somewhere, <laughs> but then your story took a turn. <laughs> a very dark, sad turn. Yeah. But I can't like, as a mom, like I can't even imagine the, how quickly her world crumbled. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, and like all hope just dwindled. Just, right. Yeah. And so now 
they're tasked with trying to find who the hell did this, who came into my house, broke our security blanket, took our child out of her bedroom that Mm -hmm. she's supposed to feel safe in, took her out and killed her. Like, who did that? Who do I know that would, like, have the heart to do that to a six-year-old girl, you know? Right. So, while police waited for the autopsy, uh, they suggested that maybe Rosie, they are still holding on to this possibility that Rosie had climbed out of her window, wandered near, near the canal, fell in and drowned. And mm-hmm. it's a possibility, but it's like, but no. The blueprints and the curtains right. and the time that it was. And the thing was freaking popped out from outside. So like yeah. the screen. So it's like, why are you holding on to the possibility that she's, she did that. She couldn't have done that. And those were right. her shoes. Like what? Anyway, yeah. I think it's stupid that they kept saying, well, maybe this happened. It's like, no, dude, look mm-hmm. at what's in front of your freaking face. Mm-hmm. Right. <sighs> right. Okay. Anyway, so obviously the Tapias were super upset that they kept, like, saying things like that. They knew Rosie would not have wandered off or left the house without telling anyone. Like, they just knew. They knew. They had a gut feeling. But, you know, like, police can't trust a gut feeling. Oh, you think your daughter did this? Okay, well, we'll ignore that possibility. So, like, I understand they have to, as investigators, think about all possibilities. But it's just, Mm -hmm. like the boot prints people <laughs> like <laughs> yeah doesn't have yeah. Boot that big like right okay. well and also like you said it but like just that it was pried open from the outside yeah you know like, like I how, think that's enough yeah like it just explain that one thing and then maybe yeah. maybe i'll consider it you know that it was maybe the, yeah, yeah maybe the boot prints came from I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like ghost, if, they matched, but... <laughs> if they matched her dad's shoes, then you could say, why would her dad sneak in the window to get her and then do that? So, like, obviously, like, yeah. she could have taken her dad's shoes to go and sneak out of the house. But she's six and she has her own shoes. Like, Yeah, right. I don't know. I think that's a that's silly good. idea, but... Yeah. Anyway, so they were waiting for the autopsy still, and that night, literally, this is all happening really quickly. Um, yeah. That night on Sunday, investigators are observing the canal, trying to figure out where Rosie may have entered the canal, either by whoever hurt her or by herself. Like, they're just trying to find maybe where, like, she may have slipped in or where mm-hmm. there might be boot prints that match the boots that are in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but they the investigators couldn't determine exactly where she had entered the canal. So they bring in a team of bloodhounds to see if they may be able to like scope something out. Um, Mm -hmm. But that didn't end up leading anywhere. So they couldn't confirm where that location was. Don't Um, they say the scent dies at water though? Yeah. A lot is missing evidence wise once water is involved, unfortunately. But by midday Monday, so the very next day, they put in like a, like, this is an emergency, get this autopsy done ASAP. Midday Monday, police received the results of Rosie's autopsy, and the medical examiner confirmed that Rosie suffered trauma to her body that indicated sexual assault. No. But the cause of death was listed as drowning. Oh, my gosh. 
now the investigators are finally confident that there's foul play. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, well, this is confirmed. Now we can really, like, only tunnel vision on this one. Possibly. Like, at least they're being guided in a direction. Right. So. Oh, my gosh, that's so sad. It's like, I I just can't imagine these three days. Like, this poor mom. It's just, Honestly, though. It's just like making it just, me It gets worse. Yeah. Every turn. At every step, it's worse and worse and worse. And it's just like, when... Are, when, when when does the good news come? Right. <laughs> you know? you know? There's no exactly. Um, so Detective Corden Parks again in the um on the case episode, he said he believes that Rody- Rosie's murderer knew which room she was in and targeted her specifically. The window next to hers, so their ground level, right? Mm-hmm. The window right next to hers did not have a screen, but hers did. So that window would have been easier access for him to open, but he pried open the screen on Wendy, Wendy, Rosie's window and accessed that room and only went for her when she had two siblings also in there. So she had a little four-year-old sister, Angelica, that was also in that room. So like, why didn't he take both? Why didn't, like, what was the reason he took Rosie specifically? We They assume that it's because she had been the target and that they had been planning for a while. So, oh, this guy that this plays guy. the guitar in the park, uh-huh. has he been cleared out as a suspect? That's coming. Okay. I'll show you. I'll, I'll tell you. Okay, so as they're waiting for the test results from the examiner, specifically if there's DNA left by the sexual assault, they're not super confident that they'll get any because of the water. That washed away a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. So the police locate the creepy playground guitar player guy, and the lead investigator has one conversation with this person and determines that this guy is a good Samaritan and is not suspicious. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> disagree. <laughs> disagree. Super sus. I think that here's, I mean, you have so much more information, I'm sure. But as of right <laughs> now, my head is thinking that he's not as innocent as he seems to be. And yeah. if he didn't do it, then it. I think it's probably possible that he has an accomplice mm-hmm. and maybe he's like the scope the guy that gets to know where all the kids live you know yeah and the schedules of when they're home when their parents aren't whatever like he's the eyes you know and then somebody yeah, else carries that. out the job that's I could what i would think if i was investigating well there's there's more so let's just hear okay. about it okay. okay okay so this guy as of now, is off the suspect list. Then lead investigator is like, you know what? You seem like a good dude. You're just watching out for your neighbors. Way to go, buddy. Nice. Um, Disagree. Don't like it. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) Just the fact that he was cradling her and that she wasn't hurt. And she doesn't know how he knows her name. Her name. Right. Like, I just, it's a bad bad all around and i don't know how they were like red flag red flag you're yeah. arrested <laughs> like, right 
Like, you're arrested for being a creep. Like, you are not allowed to be around people. Okay. Anyways, so they believe that Rosie may have known her attacker, right? So, like, they think that they may have, like, woken her up and said, hey, Rosie, come with me. And she wasn't nervous or startled because she knew them. And so that's why there was a lack of like waking people up, especially her four-year-old siblings who, I mean, probably are light sleepers or easily woken up, especially because it was like four in the morning. So it's like they had had a lot of sleep by that time. They had went to bed at 9 p.m. the night before. So it's not, I feel like there would have been some kind of struggle that would have woken them up. Okay. So that leads them to this idea that it could be a family friend who had a little boy Rosie's same age and they spent a lot of time with the Tapia family. Like they were always at their house. Like it technically was Roberto, uh, Rosie's dad. It was his friend Uh that lived in the same apartment building. And so apparently when they were waking people up to come and help them search and they were whatever... This guy, um, when he was asked to help search for Rosie that morning, he kind of was like with a group of people that were searching the canal area. And when they got to where Rosie's body was or or around that area, um, he acted like weird and nervous and then like forced everyone to go a different direction. He's like, nope, go in another way. Go this way, go this way, we're go that way. And he like stopped literally right in the area that just a couple hours later they would have found her interesting so they're like this is weird um he asked a coincidence or is he involved right like does he know something did he see the body and didn't want to like maybe he was like oh my gosh i see something but i can't deal with that information and so he just ignored the information and said let's go somewhere else Mm -hmm. like who knows like let somebody else find this right so they did look into this guy they interviewed him they interviewed his wife and she was like he was with me the whole time. Like, I swear, this is his alibi. He was with me that night and, like, a, you know, he was yeah, home. Yeah. And, um, like, they did, years later, continue going back to him and saying, hey, we got to interview you again to see if his story changed, whatever. And then he, years later, he actually did divorce with his wife at the time. And so she would have no reason to like lie for him. And mm-hmm. she still stands by her um, story. Yeah, he was with me. Like, okay. I promise he was there. So that guy is just off the suspect list. They're like, okay, his alibi, we can't shake that. Like, the story is still the same. Even years later, we can, can confidently feel like he's not not a suspect at this time okay right on top of that he had no criminal history before or after this event so like if (laughs) he would have murdered somebody like you'd think that he would murder again or had had some kind of like troubling past yeah something something that would like indicate that he um i don't know like you you just wouldn't go and murder a six-year-old and then, like, never have a problem of anything ever again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like he, the person we're looking for has some kind of history in what's yeah. going on. Okay. 
Yeah. So he's not a suspect anymore. Investigators then start looking at registered sex offenders in the area as well as keeping their eye on the Tapia family because obviously we know statistics show that it's going to be somebody, it it will likely be someone close to her (laughs) that hurts her, unfortunately. We just know that that's a common common thing in child abuse cases. Okay. So they're still looking. They don't know. They're looking in all different directions of who it possibly could be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then some weird information comes forward. In a KSL news interview, a woman comes forward and tells KSL that about a week before Rosie was murdered, her own daughter was kidnapped and raped by, in, by someone at the apartment complex. The she doesn't house. know who it is, but at the same place... One of the neighbors, her daughter was kidnapped and raped by somebody. Not murdered, but right. So she claims, yeah, she claims that she went to the building management and told them that they need to contact police. And apparently the management said, no, 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 shush, keep quiet. We don't tell anybody about this, whatever. And in my head, I'm like, why would you go to the management of your apartment complex instead of calling the police yourself? Right. It's not their job to call the police for you. No. I mean, she thought, though, you should have security here. So, like, you should take care of this. But I'm like, no, I'd be like, 911, get here. I don't care about rules. (laughs) Like, if whatever. I just thought that was weird. But she told KSL that in a news interview, which I thought was, like, ballsy if it was a lie. Um, She never went to the police? No. And the police never knew about it until way later? They didn't know about it until she was interviewed, (laughs) basically. Yeah. And so then in that same KSL interview segment... Another woman yeah. in the complex says a year before this was ha- this happened, her child was almost abduct- abducted in the same apartment complex. Almost abducted? Yeah, so someone tried to take them and was unsuccessful. That's scary. Yeah, so that that tells me that <laughs> it seems like this is the same person who's escalating. So a year ago, and even the people in the Crime Junkie podcast was they they kind of had the same idea, which was, okay, um, a year ago someone was unsuccessfully abducted, right? Like they yeah, they yeah. tried and were unsuccessful. Yeah. Then a year later, they rape and abduct somebody, and then a week later they rape, abduct, and murder somebody. So they're escalating, right? right? right. They're right so it looks like it's a pattern but it also makes you wonder like if there's more stories yeah there has to be yeah yeah i think so i think there has to be and it's weird that it's in the same apartment complex and how the police haven't been like notified or like like, on the same page or noticed because it's like okay this but i don't know what's been reported to the police and i also feel like in the 90s that's when they were kind of starting to be more like aware of other like police departments and like sharing information but Mm -hmm. i i wonder if they just were in a place that they could see it unless the same cop was involved in this exact you know and he's like 
why do I keep coming back to this apartment complex? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But also if he was if they weren't notified about the one the week before, mm-hmm. then like, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. feel like there's something to that. Right? Okay. Right. Yeah, anyway. That's, that's horrifying to think that there is a real possibility that there's more. Right. And then if I was in that apartment complex and I had kids, I'd be like, I'm effing out of here. Like, goodbye. And the management, like, sue them for like. Well, what ended up happening was they ended up having like a apartment complex, like the everyone in the complex had a meeting and with the management and the management hired a security guard for the like nighttime Mm-hmm. Um, they also started a neighborhood watch. They mm-hmm. like handed out flyers of what to look for, uh, someone suspicious or whatever, and who to contact. Like they really did step it up because of all the things that was happening. And it yeah, sucks yeah. that it took a girl being murdered to do that. But um, it did get better after that as far as security mm-hmm. goes, which helped the tenants feel more safe. Yeah. But obviously, like if that if I was um what's her name? Louina. Hold on, let me yeah. make sure I have her name right. Louine, sorry. If I was Louine, I would be like, I don't feel safe freaking anywhere. <laughs> like honestly. Like, no. It's like would anyway. I be safer anywhere else? Right. Yeah. Like if you can't be safe in your own home, you know? <laughs> and imagine she probably can't leave a window open ever again. Oh my gosh, no, you not even in the daytime. I'd be like, nope, everything's locked always. But actually I'm I am that way. Everything is locked. Even when I'm home, even when Josh is home, we walk in the door and we lock it. Like really? we never have it unlocked. The back door we do during the day just because I'm opening the door all the time. But mm-hmm. front door, locked. Windows, yeah. locked. But that's because I hear these stories and I'm like, nope, not a chance. You're not getting in this place. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, anyway, okay. So months, months go by and the case kind of starts to get stagnant, right? The Salt Lake city police department called the FBI and the FBI is like, Hey, we'll help you out. We'll do like the FBI's behavioral science unit wanted to create a profile of Rosie's killer. They go through everything with a fine tooth comb. They pay attention to every little detail. There's even this weird thing like Rosie's headstone. Someone mm-hmm. left a Barbie doll. And because the FBI were involved, they're like, who left this? And the family was like, we don't know where this came from. <laughs> and yeah. like, and they're like, hey, this could be just someone who's like oh this little girl passed away i feel so bad i feel touched by her story you know whatever and they just like some community just thoughtful whatever like she's a little girl (laughs) she probably loved barbies anyway or it could be the killer leaving a gift for you know what i mean like visiting like like sick like yeah yeah so the fbi thought it was suspicious and they're like okay we gotta like we got to look into this, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing really came of that, uh, the Barbie thing. The family did end up keeping the Barbie even now. They have it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm like, why don't the police have it? But I wonder if they were like, oh, this ended up being nothing. What do you want to do with it? And then the family yeah. kept it, hoping that it could be an answer. Mm-hmm. So they still have that doll wow. um, just in case. Yeah. So the FBI did create a profile, but they never released it to the public, which I don't understand. Yeah. They, they didn't say what their results were of that. So I'm like, okay, noted. So you do all this work and then no one gets to like use that information. The Salt Lake City Police Department, I think, have that, but the public is not privy to that information, which I think is weird. So because the FBI didn't find much, it goes cold. No new leads, no new evidence for years and years. Okay. The police exchange information with investigators in North Carolina because they had this guy kind of doing the same thing. He was breaking into windows and kidnapping young girls. They caught him and they're like, hey, this looks similar to your stuff, you know, and they're like, uh, like North Carolina, like we're all the way in Utah. Like, was he in this area at the time? And I guess he was like, he li- lived in California, spent some time in Nevada, and then went to North Carolina. So, like, he would have to, like, go up to Salt Lake City and then make his way to North Carolina. And they're like, oh, we just can't place him here. Like, we can't confirm yeah. that he was ever here. But it's just so similar. Could be a copycat just elsewhere. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they weren't sure. They couldn't confirm that at all. Although I okay. feel like Nevada is very close. It is close, but it is a weird, like, detour on the way yeah. to North Carolina. That's true. I don't know. But they they just were like, okay, we can't confirm he was in Salt Lake City at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Where am I? I'm all kind of almost done. Uh, this is longer than I thought. They also, the Salt Lake City Police Department also look into men in the area that have a history of crimes against children. Uh, the same, I mean, they looked at sex offenders before, but they kind of looked at more like the violence against children, like abusers. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find anyone that fit either the sketch by Amelia or um, details or put them in the same place, same time. Yeah. So it goes cold. In 2004, the police have a person of interest. Um, They didn't release the name of the suspect to the public, but apparently this guy had been incarcerated since 2003 for Mm -hmm. abducting a young girl in West Jordan, Utah. Um, He sexually assaulted her, killed her, and dumped her body in the canal. So it was similar enough um, to Rosie's case. But when the investigators went to interrogate this guy, he refused, asked for a lawyer, didn't share any information, but with what the investigators could get from his, you know, ev- the evidence that the that they had on him at the time, um, they were just unable to link him to the time and place. Again, he was living in Arizona at the time, but it's just mm-hmm. so close, like yeah, the MO so close. similar. So yeah, they're like, like who's to say they didn't make a day trip to Salt Lake? you know right well he had a wife that he lived with in arizona and they confirmed with her that they were in the area at the time they didn't move to arizona until 19 or sorry in 1995 they lived in arizona they didn't come up to utah until 98 so just not not gonna work out for us (laughs) Um, 
It's so frustrating. I know. These cold cases, like, they get so close and it's just the wrong guy. Um, and what's up with these people abducting children? Why <laughs> like, is this a thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, there shouldn't be people that are, like, almost fit. It's like, no one should be doing this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. oh, gosh. I, I know. I could not work in the FBI. Just because I feel what? like I would be overwhelmed. Like, there is just too much bad in the world. Like, See, I can't fight it all. That's know? why I, like, I have always thought about going into law enforcement in some way or social work. But, like... I, my heart can't handle how bad people are. Like, Mm -hmm. we watched The Champion on Netflix. It's the Auschwitz boxer guy. Yeah, it was really good. It is so good. But I'm like, how did this happen? How did, how is, how is this even possible that there were enough people to execute that many people? Mm -hmm. How many, like, I couldn't imagine being like okay with that even if i was like the german side or whatever i can't imagine being like oh that's okay right i oh my gosh it blows my mind and it breaks my heart that that's even possible for such a big group of people to completely annihilate a bunch of innocent families like oh like i can't my heart breaks for our humanity sometimes it really is just the worst thing um sorry tangent okay so that guy can't be a suspect we're all freaking pulling our hair out because like yeah what the fuck okay but then who is it (laughs) i know um so in 2010 the police circle back to the playground guitar creepy guy yeah And early reports in the case point out that the lead detective spoke to someone, determined they were a good Samaritan, but they weren't able to confirm. So in 2010, they look back into it and they're like, okay, we can't find any notes on this guy by the detectives. Oh my gosh. That's so creepy. I know. They can't find his name. They can't find any notes about like talking to him they is it an inside job i don't they i think they just like said oh hey like hey uh so you helped the little girl and they said yeah i did he's like oh good job he didn't take any notes on this dude anyway they weren't even able to confirm if the playground guy was the same person as the guitar guy they think that they could be two separate people yeah and i'm just like how is this possible (laughs) because then that means there are two creeps in the same effing place yeah and they don't know who either one of them are because it's 2010 mystery people now oh no i know and so much time has gone by they likely don't live there anymore so wonderful we love this take notes 27 years ago right uh, 2000, let's see, 95 to 2010. Well, to now, though. 1995 to now. Uh, it's 20-something. <laughs> <laughs> it's 8.30. I have a brain. <laughs> Math, I'm reading off a piece of, or I'm reading off my screen, so I literally can't <laughs> I'm reading do off anything. a piece of 
screen here. <laughs> I don't know anything. Uh, anyway. Anyway, 95 to 22. That's 27. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, 27 years. You can't even go back now and figure out who those people are. Right. Because all you have is eyewitness. Right. The guitar guy is what you know him by. Yeah, the good freaking effing dude. Okay. <gasps> so, um, they don't know where he lives. Yes. So, all they have is the composite sketch and eyewitness testimony. Yeah. And the freaking sketch, all it has is a dude in sunglasses and a hoodie. So, there's literally nothing else to go off of. Like, it's literally, like, face shape. <laughs> it's like, okay, how many people in the world have that same face shape? So, in early 2019, so nine years later, like, it's mm-hmm. just cold forever. And years yeah. go by before they have new stuff, okay? So, at that point in 2019, police decide to re-examine the Barbie doll that was left at Rosie's headstone. Okay. Um, they're hoping that advanced technology could help them get more forensic evidence um, that testing didn't allow before. So, for reasons police are unable to explain to the public... They have some kind of information as to why this Barbie doll is important and they can't share it with us. They did say they have reason to believe that there's something off about this Barbie doll. Okay. And they're like, more testing is going to help us. <laughs> but yeah. again, nothing comes of the freaking testing on the Barbie doll. Like they weren't able to lift anything off of it, but they know that this Barbie doll is important for some reason. Okay. Uh, this is like in the world before before security cameras were I know, there, you know, and it's yeah. like did they like see somebody drop it off and they're like who's that guy, you know? Right. Like maybe they're able to confirm that it was a, like a male and they're like yeah, we know it's important. Mhm. It could have the same build, same freaking glasses and hoodie, like who the hell knows. <sighs> but then the Tapia started working with the Utah Cold Case Coalition that we know so Love well. Them. Yes. Love them, support them. Um, of course, they consist of attorneys, investigators, and like community people um, yeah. that work for free to help families try to solve their loved ones' cold cases. We love yeah. them. In 2019, so the same year, ABC4 and a private investigator, J- Jason Jensen, who was uh, one of the founders of the Cold Case Coalition, yes. um, they were able to find a witness to help with a new composite sketch of Rosie's oh. abductor and murderer. Uh, Louine was shocked to see the new sketch because the new sketch depicts somebody about 16 to 17 years old instead of the 30 to 40 that they thought before. Really? Yeah. And she's oh, like, no. hold on. I thought it was an older guy. This whole time we've been looking for an older guy. Yeah. And someone else is like, no, no, I saw this guy. Let me tell you his story. Okay. 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 So this guy, he's yeah. anonymous. This witness. Okay. Uh-huh. He provided the description of this murderer. He three years after Rosie's murderer murder whatever. Thir- mm-hmm. He asked the police. Well, right after it happened, he asked the police. He's like, "Hey, I saw this. Hey, I saw this." And he kept telling them, "Hey, I saw somebody." and tells them the story and he's like they're like it's not this yeah it's not important but then three years after the murder they're like okay come in okay mm-hmm. so he asked okay. them i have this face in my mind kid do you have a sketch 
person. And they're like, no, but you can look at this book of mugshots instead. And all the mugshots were of older men that didn't fit the description of the teen that he saw. So the witness was like, F you guys, you're not helpful. Mm -hmm. And he left the police station. So now he's working with this private investigator, Jensen, Mm -hmm. who we also support and love. He said, this is his story. This is what he saw. Okay. Yeah. The day Rosie's body was found, he was standing near the bridge over the over by the canal, waiting for his wife, when he saw a white pickup truck drive away. Mm-hmm. And from where that pickup truck drove away, he saw a young Hispanic man walking towards him. At first, he thought that the kid was wearing, like, two-tone jeans or bell bottoms or something but once the kid got closer he realized that the bottom of his pants were wet soaking wet oh you follow okay so hello this effing dude his pants are wet and freaking her body was found in the canal so he must have been involved somehow right right there has to be a team. <laughs> like, this is what yeah. I mean. There has to be a team. That's, that goes so, back to my theory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As a result... Oh, hold on a second. <clears throat> Sorry. Hold on. Anyway, so this event happened. He saw this kid just a quick walk away from the Tapia's apartment, about a yeah, mile yeah. upstream from where Rosie's body was found later that day. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's very possible that... It was perfectly timed, right? It just, like, the timing makes sense. Okay. So, as a result from the new composite sketch, the new witness detailed the police did bring a suspect in for questioning that matched the description of the guy with the wet pants, and he agreed to offer DNA. He's like, test me. (laughs) And unfortunately, he was not a match for any DNA they could, they found on, on, uh, her body. They but did. That doesn't mean. That doesn't mean. I mean, that doesn't disprove that he's not involved. Yeah, look at his effing shoes. Do they match the print thing? I know yeah. it's like so many years later, like twenty years later, but maybe. Well, and like if it's a team, like maybe they had one person to be the eyes, one person yeah. to do the abducting, one person did the horribleness part and then another person did the, the drowning dumping. yeah or the dumping yeah. yeah yeah so another dead end um so in this on the case episode it was made in 2019 same year all this other stuff was happening okay it was released and apparently this is where louine learned that they found dna evidence under rosie's fingernails when previously they had told her that they didn't find any DNA evidence under her fingernails. But, but I did notice, or I think from what I understand, they didn't find that until later when they got more DNA technology. So they looked at the fingernails again and found it. And they're like, Oh, okay. But she was like pissed off. Cause she was like, hold on. You told me there wasn't any, but I think they found it later. Um, she also learned in this episode that she was in it, but as she watched it back, she realized and learned that 
um, Rosie had been held underwater until she died. Like she wasn't just thrown in and drowned. She was held underwater and died that way. And so yeah, she just keeps getting more like information that makes it worse. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm sorry. I just want to hug her and just say like, I don't know what to say, but I am so sorry. Um, So after all this, the DNA under Rosie's fingernails didn't, it didn't meet quality standards to enter into CODIS. It wasn't enough. They couldn't test it. it. But police have collected DNA swabs from over 60 possible suspects. They couldn't enter into CODIS, but I think other DNA that they got, they could test against, but they couldn't put it in the database because it wasn't enough for the database. Oh, um, okay. So private, private investigator Jensen believes that Amelia knew more than she was letting on. Oh. The room Rosie was used used to be Amelia and Esmeralda's room. Okay. So... Oh, you know what? Oh, goddamn. Back to the friend. Remember the family friend? Yeah. He mm-hmm. also was the only one who knew that she moved rooms. Oh. Because she just recently had moved into that room. Um, they switched, like Esmeralda and Amelia switched rooms with the little kids. Mm-hmm. And and the family friend knew that because he had, he hangs out there with his kids. So yeah. So that he makes him a that. little more suspicious. That he, yeah, like, but again, the alibi doesn't yeah, really Yeah, he's work. cleared. Okay. But it's also just, it adds to it, like, it's and like, this. How did they know where her room was? Yeah. Anyway, so that that's the w- big question, too, because Amelia switched rooms. So, mm-hmm. like, why would anybody know that Rosie was in there? And especially where they believe that she was targeted Unless, unless Amelia and is it Esmeralda uh-huh. that are the older ones? Unless they were one of them were the targets, you know, and then they're like, well, maybe. Well, that's another that's another theory because Esmeralda or sorry, Amelia, the eighteen year old, mm-hmm. she would often have overnight guests come through that exact window, and she was involved in a Twenty First Street gang in the area oh so it's possible that she was the target but they grabbed rosie in her place and they do mm-hmm. believe that she was also targeted after rosie's death so they think or that they came back for her maybe rosie woke up and they're like well we gotta take you now you know yeah like you can't witness this or like know my face yeah um oh. But that leads to believe that maybe the composite sketch that Amelia gave everybody was not a real person. Mm. And 20 years they've been looking for nobody. Like a fake profile. Yeah. Louine has always wondered if Amelia had anything to do with Rosie's murder. Um, She just was like, is this possible? But Amelia died in 2020 and on the death, on Amelia's deathbed, uh, Louine asked her and said, do you know anything? Are you not telling me something? And Mm -hmm. Amelia just shook her head no, because that's all she could do. She had an illness that I wasn't, I couldn't find the information for, but it, like, she was wheelchair bound after a while. So I'm not sure what she had. Fortunate. Yeah. So the possibility of Amelia being involved now we'll never know because she's gone. 
But Luin said, quote, I won't give up until I die. Either we solve her case or I die not knowing who took her. No one has been arrested in Rosie's murder. Not a single person has been arrested. Investigators are hopeful that advances in DNA technology will be the key to solving Rosie's murder. They're hoping mm-hmm. that forensic genealogy is a tool that they can use. Um, they've, they've talked to a total of 137 witnesses. 45 of those people, they've reached the level of suspect, but have all been cleared. Um, they believe the answer to the cold case is just one phone call away. They believe someone knows something and knows um, what had happened or has just little piece that could solve Rosie's murder and bring the Tapia family peace. What was the name of the apartment complex again? Heartland Apartment Complex. Is it still around? Heartland. Let's see. <coughs> Heartland Apartments, Utah. Let's see. Yes. Hmm. Has a 2.4 rating of 5. Well. So. Um... Okay, so the hotline for any information on Rosie's murder, please call 385-258-3313 or call the Salt Lake City Police Department at 801-799-3000. There's also this cool thing that if you have tips to crime crimes and you want to be anonymous, you can actually text the Salt Lake City Police Department. Please use this responsibly and don't send false information. (laughs) But you can text a keyword is T-I-P-S-L-C-P-D, so tip Salt Lake City Police Department. Send that to CRIMES, which is the number 274637. Um, and you can just text your tip in the message um, and it's anonymous. So if you know something and you don't want to be identified, you can do that. <laughs> it's, Did you know they have that on their police cars? Oh, they do? Well, mm-hmm. hey, I didn't notice because I am not aware of my surroundings. So <laughs> um, you can also submit yeah. tips by visiting www.tipsubmit.com. Um, if you want, you can also reach out to Jason Jensen. He is the lead private investigator on that case. So there's lots of avenues in which information can be shared. Please, like 1995, if you lived near the Heartland apartment complex Mm -hmm. um, and you remember anything or have any information about sketchy people, someone said something. The guitar guy. If you know the guitar guy, give us a name. Oh my gosh, any of those apartment complex people, if you're listening, you're probably not. <laughs> but like if you are, <laughs> tell them who the guitar guy is because yeah. he's he did it. I think he's involved 100%. He's something creepy. Something about that guy. I think that's it because the way, like, I'm really upset that the lead investigator didn't, like, maybe At he wrote notes write and it's down. gone. Right. <sighs> I mean, yeah. you learn from an early age in freaking high school. Take notes. <laughs> so important <laughs> <Right>. to success. <laughs> yeah. Like, so all you have though. to do is write down anything, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think because he wrote him off, like, oh, he's just a good guy. He's like, nah, that's fine. Anyway, I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Okay, well, now that bummer story's over. <laughs> Man, that one... That one was just a heartbreaker. Oh, I know. I know. And it's hard when you have kids, like, to think about yeah. that nowhere is safe. Right. Don't do anything. Go anywhere. <laughs> Don't talk to anybody. Don't make friends. They're all danger. Right. <laughs> danger everywhere. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, you've already told some pretty horrible stories, but I feel like that one is just so, like... It's just, it happens so fast, you know? But how did they get away with it? Like, yeah. and like, was it the first time? Was it the first killing even? You know, right. like, is it a serial killer? Is, was it just a one-time thing? Was, was it trafficking it? gone wrong? Like, they didn't, yeah. like, you know? Like, what happened? I don't Who know. That did just... And they're out there. They're yeah. still out there. And like probably old now but did they mm -hmm. get arrested for something else like are they in jail or are they out living freely knowing they did mm -hmm. that to a little girl like i just right there's no justice <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't even know how her mom could even deal and she's such a sweet lady when you like watch her interviews on ksl you know you're just like just so like, sad how anyone her. hurt you I know it feels so sad for her. like obviously it sucks for any mom that goes through something like that but just I just felt for her because like at every point she gets bad news and she just mm -hmm. doesn't get any break right no break. and then she lost her other daughter to I don't remember what and it's like of some kind oh my gosh <sighs> And it was just while they were on a date night and then came home and, you know, like, yeah. it, it with, should have been a, a normal night and yeah. ended up being a tragedy. Right. And the last person, she was the last person to see her. Mm -hmm. Like, I would, like, the, I bet the guilt she feels over not latching that stupid window. Oh. Right. I mean, just that, you know. Just to not wake up the kids, you know, like. Yeah. Oh. I hate, I hate that. It was just so sad. Well, I have a story for you, though. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. I'm sorry. It's like nine. Oh, it's okay. It's totally fine. Well, my story is very spooky, and I'm hoping it helps us get into the Halloween spirit. I'm ready! <laughs> because this has witches in the story. Really? Yeah. I'm excited. Okay, this oh, is about... Speaking of witches, what? Sanderson Sisters Hocus Pocus 2 yeah, is coming out on the year. 30th. Of September? Yes. Should we do like a, a viewing? <laughs> you know, like a... I kind of want to have a Hocus Pocus party. You should. I have a projector and a screen if you mm. want to set something up like outside. It might be rainy, but... I do have a new basement. Yeah. We could all watch it there. You should. That'd be really it. fun. That'd be really fun. I'd come. If not, maybe I can get Jordan to do it in her backyard with a projector. Because then, you know, it's a yeah, bigger yeah. space for more people. If you do that, let me know. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> this story, <laughs> I'm titling it as 
The Curse on Magda Main Street. Magna Main Street. Oh, that's where the earthquake was. Yeah. So we'll get into that. Oh, okay. All right. So. Witches. Yeah. So Magna is a little town just west of Salt Lake City. And it was settled back in 1851. I didn't. I decided not to really go into the history of Magna only because it has really nothing to do with the story. <laughs> okay. Like it, it was just settled way back in the day when after Mormon pioneers came in and then it was like there was mining towns nearby for the copper mines and eventually mm. Magna became a town. So <laughs> also it sketches fuh. Yeah. It really is. Oh, don't go there on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, I used to work in the urgent care in Magna, and uh, it was the only urgent care in Magna, and <laughs> we saw some pretty messed up things. <laughs> yeah, I remember those some of those stories. Oh my gosh. Oh, just, oh my gosh. Okay. Won't get into it, but yeah. if you're in Utah and you're in Magna, just keep your head on a swivel, okay? <laughs> just get out as fast as you can. Yeah, or that. <laughs> okay, so... For many, many years. Sorry, hold on. Philly. That's a good toy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, look, 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 look. He wants you to play, but yeah, too late. Yeah. Too bad. You interrupted. You're done now. Okay. Uh, oh, so. For many, <laughs> uh. <laughs> for many, many years, it has been no secret that the main street in Magna, Utah, has something strange about it. Some say that it's haunted, some say that it's cursed, and some say it's both. Right when you said haunted, my body chilled. Really? Yes. Maybe you're haunted. Did you see that? Like, my entire body had chills when you said haunted. You're actually and... freezing. <gasps> I am? Like, your face is stuck going like this. <laughs> oh, now you're moving. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like... Oh, no, you're now. oh no, you're not. Just don't move too fast. <laughs> it's not frozen on mine. Yeah, you're not frozen anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> move okay. on. <clears throat> so, the lore was kept fairly quiet amongst the locals for a really long time, and it didn't get a lot of attention or popularity, really, until Ghost Adventure shows, shows up. They really yeah, like yeah. Utah, I think. I think they do come here a lot, a lot of like a lot of western united states locations like a lot of nevada utah washington arizona california yeah Colorado, yeah new mexico anyway magna of all places yeah yeah i know right it's like they must have just i don't know are you bored <laughs> Like, what's going on? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how they came across this uh, story, because really, before Ghost Adventures showed up, the, this story wasn't really covered. Like, they are the ones that really came, like brought it to the surface. So, <laughs> Or they were like, this is a random town. Let's make up a... A lore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a time. <laughs> yeah, honestly, though. <laughs> so here's... Uh, okay, so hold on. Um... So the Ghost Adventures crew, they came and did an investigation at Nona's Pizzeria, which happens to be on Magna Main Street. 
Okay. So that was the specific place that they went to was a place called Nona's Pizzeria. And that episode, they, they named it Witches of Magna. Hmm. Season 14, episode 9. And I am going to talk a lot about that episode. So if you, and I'm, I'm not including everything. So there was a lot of evidence that they got that I didn't include. So okay. if you want more, go watch the episode. I didn't want to like steal everything, you know. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you give them credit. You can just do a play by play. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Right? I, I probably could. But anyway. But you're okay, a better so- person than I am. <laughs> It's like a moral thing. I'm like, I don't want to steal all of it. But you're right. It's probably really not stealing if I'm like, it was on the episode. (laughs) Let me tell you what exactly happened. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you most of it anyway. Okay, let's hear it. All right. So Nona's Pizzeria. The address is 8979 West Magna Main Street. I didn't do the whole address number. I didn't have time. But if you wanted to look it up, you could like add the numbers together and find out what like the address number is if you're curious. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do it. Anyway, so Nona's Pizzeria is a family-owned Italian restaurant. Everyone I conversed with um, online with about this place, they couldn't help but tell me how good the food was and how amazing the oh. owners are. Which I'm like, that's so refreshing Aww. to hear, you know? Because sometimes you hear, like, the owners are like this. Like, like your story. The freaking management, yeah. you know? Management sucks. Yeah. So it's just nice to, like, when you get a good review of a place, you're like, okay, so we can talk very positively about this place. <laughs> good. The owner's name is Sebastian Rondazzo. Rondazzo? Rondazzo. Rondazzo. I don't know how to Rondazzo. pronounce it. It's R-A-N... D-A-Z-Z-O. Randazzo? 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 Yeah, probably. Anyone knows. <laughs> anyway, so Sebastian Randazzo. Um, and according to, Ghost, according to the Ghost Adventures episode, he, along with many others, believe that many years ago, well, like a few, like a decade ago, a witch put a curse on his family. Oh, Tina Randazzo, which is his wife, says that this witch and her used to be friends. What a bitch. I know, right? So apparently the friend and Sebastian had some sort of argument or disagreement. I don't, I couldn't find the details, but apparently they had a falling out of some kind. And Sebastian said that she wasn't welcome back to the restaurant or around the family. And since then, they've experienced a lot of negative paranormal activity throughout the restaurant. Wow. And Sebastian believes that she attached something to them out of retaliation. Wow. Oh. Um, Also, I heard, too, that after he said, adios, you need to get out of here, um, she was never seen again. What? Yeah. And I didn't get her name. And it might have been said in the Ghost Adventures episode, but I never caught it. So I'm not really sure. But, yeah, they said, like, after that, they never saw her again. But this paranormal activity started happening. So it's like, WTF. That's bizarre. Okay. Right? So he thinks that whatever entity is there causes him to have severe mood swings. To where he's admitted, or he admitted to Zach on the Ghost Adventures episode, that he thinks that at one point he might have even been possessed. Because normally he's 
like described as a very gentle, kind, warm, loving person. But there have been times that Tina has described that like he'll be like, laughing and enjoying the moment with people, then all of a sudden he'll just like snap and change like out of nowhere, like no triggers, nothing. And like she'll say, What's wrong? you know, and he'll be like, Nothing, like what do you mean? Like be just kind of confused, like not sure why he's so mad. It would just be like this overwhelming, unexplainable anger. That makes me feel like he has bipolar disorder. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought too. I'm like, I mean, that could be just like if you're a skeptic, that really could yeah, be talked yeah. of as a mental disorder. So like yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, that's just what he said. That's what wasn't mentioned in the Ghost Adventures episode. But yeah, yeah I totally yeah. agree that that could just be a mental health thing. I mean, that stuff can be heightened by paranormal stuff too. Like yeah. I think that the energy around you can definitely sure affect it. your yeah. mental definitely. Issue. Yeah. I think so too. On that same street as the pizzeria, there is a medical, a medical, a metaphysical shop called We Witches Three. Have you ever heard of that place? I think I've seen it. I've bought a couple tarot decks from there. Okay, it's actually, it's yeah. a really cute shop, and the ladies there are really, really, really nice. And they, I don't know, I don't know if they would ever listen to this. Like they were really nice. I loved my experience. I just read a lot of reviews about like, because they they were featured in the Ghost Adventures episode. Uh -huh. They were interviewed and they were saying like, yeah, like that witch who put the curse on the family used to work here, and we actually fired her because we found out she was practicing with black magic. <laughs> so like, oh, crazy. But like, I saw a lot of people saying like, isn't that kind of unfair though? Because like. She was doing her own thing that really wasn't your guys' business, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I mean, if but, it's, like, happening in the shop or... True. I mean, I, I could see what they mean. Like, that's private, whatever. But, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's, yeah, I that's, guess it, it depends on where she was doing it. If she's doing it at home, I feel like that's one thing where it's, like, it's really none of your business. Yeah. But if she's doing it, like, in the shop and is making people feel uncomfortable or feeling like they weren't safe yeah in some way i totally get that but i didn't get any specifics of like where she was doing it just mm -hmm. that they found out she was involved in dark magic and they were like okay well you can't work here anymore because we don't do that here well i wonder i mean i don't know <laughs> what kind of like spiritual uh boundaries you can have at a, at a workplace but maybe they have like policies that are like you know we don't do dark stuff here so yeah maybe if we find out you're doing it then you're gone but and like it would have to be some kind of waiver but right. i don't know i i would assume it was happening on the premises for them to be able to fire her for it yeah that makes sense that makes that would make more sense yeah. than just being like well we've heard that you like this kind of stuff so <laughs> we heard you kind um, of bitch so <laughs> We just don't really like you that much. Pass. <laughs> Sorry. Bye. Uh, so I went and took a random deep dive, as I do. And I was like, what are some things that are considered dark magic? Because I'm like, uh -huh. I don't know. Like, other than, like, voodoo dolls. Yeah. You know? So, um, and, like, putting curses on people, I guess. One sec. Are okay. my eyes tricker tricking me, or is the light in your room changing color? It is changing color. 
Okay, I thought I was going crazy. For is, it dri- is it driving you crazy? Because I can no. Like, now that I know it's actually happening, because <laughs> it's like pulsating right. like different colors. It's like up around my desk. Thing. Yeah, it was fine. I just like I didn't notice it until just now, and I'm like, is that real or am I hallucinating? <laughs> so we're good. Sorry, we're good. You probably didn't even notice it during your story because you were looking at your notes, not me. Right. So now yeah. you're looking at me and you're like, what's <laughs> over there? Like, did I did I ingest some hallucinogenic stuff? I don't know. Well, if it drives you too crazy, I can easily turn it off. Philly, no, you're good. Philly's just going to town on that giraffe. Yeah, so if you hear the squeaky toy, I'm so sorry. All right, so what's considered dark magic? <laughs> according okay, to Wikipedia, that is considered, according to Wikipedia... Dark magic is the use of supernatural abilities for selfish purposes, also known as black magic. Dark magic, black magic is the same. And then voodoo dolls is in that category. Mm -hmm. Um, Working with poisons is in that category. That's also illegal. Yeah, I'm like, you don't really have to be a witch. (laughs) Like rat poison, you can just get from Walmart. (laughs) So, but so you can also get a tarot deck from Walmart. So You're yeah. like, hocus pocus. <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> Boo right, it. So, with rat poison and tarot cards. Okay. <laughs> um, also, curses and hexes and immortality rituals, which makes me think about the Illuminati. But we won't get into that. The Illuminati. I want you to do an on deck at dusk. Because that would be a good one. Yeah. A good one. Maybe I'll, I'll, okay, I'll do that one eventually. Okay. So, and then after, so that's the different things that are considered dark magic. Okay. Um, they typically, so after doing some digging about witchcraft and curses, because I'm like, okay, what, like, what, <laughs> you know, like, what are like the rules regarding that? So I found out that typically, they believe in what's known as a threefold law. So it's similar to how karma works, that if a witch tries to curse someone and they're innocent, that curse will come back to them three times stronger. Okay. If that person they're trying to curse is actually guilty of something, then that's when the curse will be successful and like stick to them. Okay. So it's only okay. successful if they actually deserve it, I guess. Okay. And then if they don't, or if they're innocent, then it comes back to the person who tried to do it to them. And it comes back to them three times stronger. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that makes me wonder, like, what if Sebastian and Tina were, like, cursed? Did they deserve it? Right. So the reason I did that digging is because I did hear a rumor, which I want to emphasize it was a rumor. And I don't remember, I think... I don't remember if I saw it on like a Facebook post or if I saw it on Reddit, but it was somewhere like that where you can't really take it totally, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But right, it said right. that it's possible that Sebastian and this friend were having an affair. Mm. And like their disagreement or whatever, like whatever that was about, like, you know, that's what it was about was. And he deserved it. Yeah. So that was somebody's theory. So that's why I went back and, and did that research of like, okay, well then, 
he was guilty of something if he had no. an affair. Okay. So, anyway. <clears throat> so, in my notes I put, so knowing this, if Sebastian's family would have, if they, let's see, if they believe that they have a curse, then in the world of witches, that means that they would have had to be guilty of something, right? Yeah. So. Okay. Tina, okay. Sebastian's wife, uh, she went to a witch who she felt she could trust and asked what to do and if there's any way to lift this curse or to ward off the negative energy. And she was told to hang throughout the restaurant. Oh, you paused. Oh. Say it again. What did she hang? She hung witch balls throughout the restaurant. What the hell are witch balls? Yeah, and so I looked that up and I actually put in my notes, what are witch balls? <laughs> <laughs> so they're usually a hollow ball that's blue or green in color and it's made of glass and you hang it. It's like an ornament type looking thing that you hang from the ceiling. Okay. And in the Ghost Adventures episode, the ones that they hung around the restaurant that they like, they took pictures of, theirs were clear. So I don't think all of them are blue and green. It's just that's what they are usually. That's what I found on the web. But um, the restaurant had clear ones. Okay. I also found that witch balls can also be made of wood, grass, or even twigs. And the idea behind them is that if you hang them around, they are supposed to trap in negative energy, like trap whatever is in the air, mm -hmm. trap it, and then protect the area that they're hanging in. So it's it almost like a dream catcher. But it reminds me of those like twig, like you know the like the bowl fillers that you can put yeah. on your coffee table, and that's they're exactly like exactly what I thought of too. That's my. I'm like, I wonder if that's where it technically came from, but like it's now decoration, right? Like now we're not hanging them from the ceiling and say they have like energy purposes. You yeah, know? we just put them in a bowl and call it a day, and put it on a coffee table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh, we're so white, so basic. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is supposed to be used for spiritual purposes, and we're putting it for decoration. Like, we right. just can't follow instructions. We just like to take anything that's sacred or, like, meaningful and just make it not, you know. Yeah, make it meaningless. As soon as Tina hung up these witch balls all over the place, as soon as she did that, Sebastian had come back to the restaurant for whatever reason, and he said he started to complain of a really bad, like, headache or really bad pain in the back of his head. Hmm. After he was starting to feel those symptoms and telling Tina, like, hey, like, my head is killing me. She, Tina says that he started to sweat uncontrollably. And then he hunched over and started twitching and moving his arms around str in strange ways. And she said she had no idea what was happening. Nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that creepy? I would. <laughs> like, it's far away from me, you freaking. This is in a pizzeria. Like, <laughs> come on. Get out of here. Okay. Okay, uh, so what happened after that? Well, that's the end of that story. <laughs> I don't know. That's it. The next like, thing I have here is that one time their daughter was helping them close up in the restaurant late at night. And she went into the kitchen where she was by herself and she started to feel a pair of cold hands wrap around her neck and begin to choke her. <laughs> so 
So the Ghost Adventures team, they went to the <laughs> kitchen area where the daughter says she had that experience. And they said that while they were in there, they were using a device that has words that pop up, you know, like when you're asking questions. And Zach asked, how did you get into this building? And the word born popped up, right? Whatever that means. Then he asked, what do you want to what do you want us to do in this basement? And then the word dig popped up. What? And then he asks, <laughs> then he asks, what are we going to find? What do you think they're going to find? What do you think the word is? Bag. No. Do you want to guess again? Bones. Worse. A head. What? <laughs> After they got that response, they noticed that an EMF detector behind them began to flash and go off like crazy. So Zach then asks, what do you, or what did you do to the daughter when she came in here? And the word scratch came up. I'm going to have to watch Modern Family tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) Creepy, huh? Oh my gosh. Uh, Here I am thinking that they made up the story i mean <laughs> but it sounds creepy like this shouldn't be happening anywhere near pizza <laughs> right that's what i kept thinking this entire time researching the story i'm like this is all happening around the best thing <laughs> like happiness should be here but it's yeah. not so the pizza's good right <laughs> yeah like, yeah the pizza's great i heard so well, should we go? Well, I'll get there. Oh. Um, <laughs> you tell me they're closed. Well, we'll get there. Um, okay. So uh, when one of the sons was about six years old, so one of the sons of Sebastian and Tina, when uh-huh. he was about six years old, he said that he would sometimes see a little girl who kept wanting to play with him, a ghostly little girl. In the Ghost Adventures episode, Zach sat down with him and asked him about his experience and, you know, trying to describe what the girl looked like. And while they were talking, they heard a loud bang behind them, like kind of off in the distance behind them. Mm-hmm. And the kid just turned to Zach and said, that's probably just the dost that I see sometimes. The dost. Oh, the dost. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and then luckily he said that the little girl is nice and it doesn't scare him. Oh, that's good. Zach asked what she looked like, and he said, She's all black. And Zach asked, can like, F that. <laughs> Zach asked, like her skin or her clothes that she was wearing, or, and he says, All of her is black. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> In the episode. <laughs> In this episode, Zach says that in almost every location that has a demonic presence, it seems to almost always have sightings of a little girl ghost. Yes. That's a demon. (laughs) Yeah. Satan himself is a little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so freaking scary. So, Ghost Adventures has done an investigation here, uh, obviously. But when they were done, they tried to cleanse the building, but it didn't work. 
Um, the owner said that one time the entity in the basement somehow told him that if he tried to sell the property, it would try to burn the place to the ground. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Speaking of the basement, a lot of people claim to feel uneasy or afraid to be alone while in the basement. And when the Ghost Adventures team went down there during their lockdown, they noticed something really, well, they noticed a few really strange things about it. First, there was a mattress down there with a pillow, and both of them had blood stains on them. And it was unexplained. Never answered why, what, who. And it's a pizzeria, so it's like, why would there be a mattress? And there's no sheets on it, no pillowcase, just a bare ass mattress and um, that pillow. That screams sketchy by the owners to me. Don't you think? And yeah. it's just like, why? Like, you, if you knew that, like, a, a, a team was showing up to like be all in your business, don't you think you'd get rid of the that? creepy mattress? Yeah. They must someone be on doing Reddit. It. Someone on Reddit said that like the um right before and right after Ghost Adventures showed up, they were doing paranormal investigations and they thought maybe that just added to the creep factor, you know? Oh, like it was like, like they were trying to set it up. Yeah. Okay. Someone said maybe it was just a prop kind of thing to be like mm. creep people out, but who knows? I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. It does yeah. add a level of like the fuck like this looks yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the okay. Ghost Adventures team left it there and they had to like walk over it and stuff. If they had an issue with it, they would have put it up against the wall or something, I, I would think. Right. Anyway, so that was something weird. Uh, the second weird thing was that a set of handprints were stamped on the wall in a really creepy way. Like they weren't just like side by side, but it looked like the handprints climbed up the wall. Like like footprints going on a floor, but they were handprints going up a wall. And not in like a neat way. Like not like your, you know, your kids coming home with their cute finger painting stuff. It was like smear, smear, smear. Freaking something's climbing on the walls. Weird, huh? The third really weird thing about the basement is that while they're down there just talking, looking around, doing their investigation and stuff. They heard what sounded like someone whistling at them in like in the basement but when they went back to listen to it it sounded like a whisper or like an evp of some kind mm. and they don't say what they think it is but i think it sounds like it says hi like a woman's voice that says hi just like that oh so huh. yeah um the fourth weird thing while in the basement is that they kept hearing knocks and soft banging noises coming from a back room. And essentially, I mean, we figure out that the investigators were being lured into that room. And as soon as they got into that room, they were all like just talking and asking questions and stuff. Then all of a sudden you hear a really loud bang. Like it sounds like a gunshot that goes through the entire building. And all of the equipment, all of the cameras they have set up shake. And you even see like the boards like in the ceiling like drop a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when that happened, all everybody like because, you know, there's cameras set up everywhere. You see yeah. every single person in that investigation like jump and be like, what the was that? Like, right. what was that? And they go back and they're like, I don't know. 
Like, there was no doors that slammed. There was no- nothing. Everything just went boom, like that. Like, it was like a shockwave oh almost. Yeah, so I found a YouTube video posted by a user named Virtue, Virtue Fern, and she claims to be a left-hand path, left-hand path, pra- left-hand path practitioner and heritage witch. So if you know what that is. I don't. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just like someone who's like a professional witch. Like homeopathic type? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I don't really know exactly, but anyway, a real deal. And she lives in the UK and she did a review of this episode that Ghost Adventures did. And she spoke a lot about how she felt like it was unfair, about how they treated the the alleged witch who did the curse and everything. Like she mm-hmm. was like, she was one of the people that pointed out, like, you know, you didn't get the other half of the story. So you can't really say that she did that. But anyway. Yeah. One thing she did say, she was like, that aside, that moment in that episode, that loud bang and like that shockwave moment, mm-hmm. she said, there is no way they could have faked that. I 100% believe that was real. And she thinks, and she said, she was like, if that came from a curse, the person who placed that on them or on that building was a very, very, very powerful person. Hmm. So it kind of freaked her out. She's like, I've never seen anything like that before. And I think that was real. And it, it was very powerful. Wow. We also find out that that back room that um, where they were and that they were lured into was where the the hexing was performed. So the witch that they think they think put the curse on them, they think that's where she did it. That room? Mm-hmm. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. So there have been a few different paranormal investigation teams who have visited Nona's Pizzeria, not just Ghost Adventures. The most common experiences people have, have had there are hearing voices, getting EVPs, things like that. Mm-hmm. Hearing loud bangs and knocks, being grabbed, being scratched, or having their hair pulled, seeing shadow figures, seeing a pair of red glowing eyes around the building. Um, unfortunately, though, an earthquake ripped through Magna <laughs> in March of 2020, like right when the pandemic hit. Yeah, it was scary times. That was the epicenter of the earthquake, was right on Magna Main Street. And now that restaurant is permanently closed. They closed it just a few months later because there was just too many damages to repair. Um, I did find, though, that the owner has changed from being an Italian cuisine business to now selling CBD products. Oh. And the company is called Nona's Wellness. So Hmm. I also found that Sebastian, I found his Instagram. Um, it's at the Parafam two, and you'll see that at least since the the Ghost Adventures episode, uh, Sebastian and his family they've been doing their own paranormal investigations, like as a family. So you can check out a lot of their stuff on social media at the Parafam two, or you can even find uh, Tina's website because she has her own uh, website. It's www tinathemedium.com oh she's a medium i guess so 
I did see in a YouTube video that was from like 2017 that she was doing like this paranormal investigation with some kids. Like it was like, I don't know, what do they call that? A collaboration between them uh-huh. and like other YouTubers. And she was like explaining, she's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a medium in training. So. Well, I have heard yeah. that like everyone has some kind of ability in yeah. mediumship that like you have to learn how to use it and you mm-hmm. have to open yourself up to it. Right. But like if you don't, then you just never experience <clears throat> it. But like you can. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. You can find her at the www.tinathemedium.com. So, since uh, Sebastian and his family have been doing their own paranormal investigations, uh, it seems like they pretty much do them mostly, or they were doing them mostly at the pizzeria. Um, So, they've been taking pictures and trying to get evidence to, like, prove it, right? Mm -hmm. He did capture a photo that I think people should try to go find i couldn't get a copy of it because i could only find it in a youtube video and he was showing somebody on his phone so it's like the only way i would be able to like to get the picture is to take a picture of my screen of his phone (laughs) showing the picture and like you can't really tell because it's just you know there's so much detail that gets lost yeah but in this photo he believes it looks like several different spirits standing in the room and in the very back he says that you can see what looks like a demon um because he felt like this was finally the proof that he was looking for he took the photo to be analyzed Mm -hmm. um a medium analyzed it and confirmed that the photo was what he thought it was. So a room full of spirits with a demon in the back. Um, she said that it was likely that this demon has been attached to him for several decades. So like the majority of his life, not just from this curse. Oh, really? Yeah. So she pointed him in the direction of someone who was able to help him detach the demon from him and in a YouTube video posted by usernames Corey and Devin, they're the ones that have the video of the... So they did an investigation at the pizzeria with Sebastian, mm-hmm. and that's when Sebastian showed them the picture that oh, he took okay. the medium. So if you find their YouTube video, you'll be able to see that picture. But It's weird Sebastian didn't put that on his Instagram. I know. I, it could be there. Maybe I just didn't look hard enough. Like, like maybe he uploaded like multiple pictures in one post and I didn't know who knows but and maybe somebody can find I don't know maybe I can find it but anyway (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this medium that he showed this picture to um she pointed him in the direction of someone who was able to help him detach the demon from him in a YouTube video posted by username uh Corey and Devin they did a brief interview with Sebastian, and he said that since he, since the demon has been detached from him, he has felt much better, but said that the demon is currently being, quote, locked in the basement, which I think is kind of weird, because I'm like, usually if you detach a demon, you don't get to put them somewhere. You know, it's like, they're just gone. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe to detach them, you have to, like, 
kind of like a genie in a bottle thing. <laughs> like, yeah. you gotta yeah, put them put away. It somewhere else. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe that's how Annabelle happened. Mm. I don't know. I really don't know. But anyway, <laughs> someone on Facebook in the Utah Haunted History page, um, I posted something saying, hey, what is what do you guys know about this pizzeria? Well, Kimberly said that she's been doing some paranormal paranormal research of her own regarding not only the restaurant, but the entire Magna Main Street. Okay. She believes that the entire street is cursed. And she mm-hmm. thinks that it's especially cursed with fire. Um, I couldn't really find what she was talking about, but she was saying that over the last like few decades, there have been a lot of fires that have like burnt down a lot of the buildings or like a lot of the businesses that are on that street. Yeah. It's like, I don't like if there's a curse, I don't think it's specific to the pizzeria. I think it's the whole, the whole street. Um, Some people on Facebook were even saying that the We Witches three store is arguably more haunted than the restaurant. Really? But I couldn't find any specific stories. So maybe one day I can like go back and try to cover that one specifically if I can get yeah, more stories. Ask them if it's haunted. Yeah. They're like, hey, I've heard this entire street is freaking a mess. So right. tell me about it. I know. Yeah, I should yeah. like follow up. Yeah. Um now I have to say this. I don't doubt that the family has been experiencing paranormal activity. But what I'm not so sure about is the curse, Mm. personally. Um, Obviously, there's no, like, foolproof way of knowing if there's been a curse put on them. There's no way to know. Um, I would say, for me, this story is believable. Like, I think it's haunted. I super do. Like, just from, like, the Ghost Adventures episode and, like, people talking about it. Like, just researching this story specifically, like, I believe it, you know? Yeah. Like, this is one of those stories where I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know? Um, The only thing that I'm skeptical of is the curse. That's the only thing that I'm just like, mm, like, maybe. That seems a little theatrical to me. Yeah. Like, like what if, like, I don't know if Sebastian and his family will ever listen to this. So I hope I'm not offending anybody. But, like, you know we've kind of talked about it where like the paranormal world is blowing up in a lot of ways. Like people like to go do like investigations and stuff. So like, what if this was just like a way of getting attention, you know, and they needed something dramatic to stir it up and they knew there was a witch door next door. Like, you know, well, and that's different. Like everyone has ghosts, but not everyone has witches, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You never know. It's so, like I I'm I'm just skeptical on that part, but I think it's haunted. Like I think there is something definitely there. Yeah, it's just, just it's what the out. kid is seeing, because kids like they do have imaginations, but I do think that they are more um, truthful. <laughs> well, yeah, but I do think that like what they see, like they see things more than adults. Like they just yeah. have the ability to see what we can't. Yeah. Right. I agree. I believe that. Crazy. My yeah. gosh. That's the end of my story. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, my stomach hurts. I'm not going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're ready I for Josh. Yeah, I know Josh and the kids are upstairs, and like, I'm alone in the basement right now, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I don't want to be here. 
Well, don't get lured in any dark back rooms. Oh, I'm going to run so fast upstairs. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. you just like think some something's nipping at your heels when it's or, like tickling your butt as you run upstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember, I feel like mom or dad used to do that or like, like, you know, chase us up the stairs. I do that to my kids. I do it to my kids too. I like, well, we're instilling fear in our children. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Early age. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's well, funny. thanks for listening. Yeah. Happy almost <laughs> Halloween time. It's Halloween time in my house, so I feel oh, like yeah. it's ready. Like I'm ready to say it. Happy Halloween. And spooky season is upon us. And mm-hmm. so is the crisp, cold fall air because it's raining right now. Right. Yeah. It got cold fast. Fast. Like, like it was I got then it was yep. 70. <laughs> I got home and it was like super effing hot. Well, even while I was gone, there was a heat wave. Mm-hmm. And Axel had to be pulled out of school because he was like overheating. Really? Yeah, he had like almost a heat rash on his body. Like it was. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so he had to be pulled out of school. So it was effing hot. It was like 107 degrees. And then I get home and it's like cold. I'm yeah. so happy about it. Yeah, I know. Because then it's like, look now at my- we can drink the hot drinks. Look at my flannel. Look how cute it is. That's cute. I like it. You can pull off flannel and plaid way better than I can. I, I don't feel like look you good in plaid. I feel like you can if you just get the right plaid. Yeah. Like the big plaid is better than like the thin plaid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is more blocky, you know? I've just never been a plaid person. Maybe that's just that's just it. Maybe. That's okay. That's fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of like a t-shirt and hoodie. Yeah. I understand that. And I don't really go outside of those two things. <laughs> <laughs> like i stayed in my lane yeah i Ugh. branching out to different things like my biker shorts i don't know why but they're so comfy oh yeah they're so Those, comfy they looked comfy when i saw you wearing them <laughs> oh my goodness i am so tired <laughs> me too it's almost, almost 10 we I'm even delirious. started earlier than normal <laughs> no we've been talking for three hours okay oh. How exhausting. So, thanks everybody for listening to <laughs> Tips of 28 for the third time. Yeah. Um check us next time. Yeah. On <laughs> so this is coming out on September 18th. The next one will be October 2nd. And it's gonna be our haunt and cold one year anniversary of being a podcast. Woo-hoo! So we will have something. <laughs> We haven't talked about it, but we will. <laughs> yeah. Didn't well, maybe we should do one in the same place, like not virtual. Okay. Like we don't have to drive somewhere, but we could do it together. <laughs> okay. Like be in the same room. Yeah. Okay. That's what we'll do. Or not. Also, <laughs> though. Uh. But, okay. So hold on. So this episode. Okay. Before episode twenty nine comes out, though. The next On Deck at Dusk episode is also coming out on Patreon. So, if you're... What? Did we record that one yet? No. No. You don't have to really do anything but show up and listen. Okay. <laughs> so, you tell me when and where, and we'll 
we'll yeah. get one. It'll be after the wedding. I can tell you that. Okay. We so, can so. do them. I think it'd be fun to do an on deck at dusk mm. and have like Halloween decorations because it'll be October first. Yeah. That's a good idea. Okay. We'll have like a big old like celebration of Halloween. Like a big spooky setup. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, so uh Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> um find us on Patreon. Yeah, you can Patreon. get stuff. Guys, you can get free stuff if you subscribe to Patreon. Like, you get stuff. Yeah, you just sign up, and then the rest is free. Except you give us money every month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you give us money first, then you get the free stuff. See how that works. And then you pay us again the next month, and then it just... But... You get (laughs) just the free stuff, but you also get exclusive content. Yep. Um, sometimes I have outtakes in there that I put in and then we have pictures from like behind the scenes. You get the video content of the episodes. You'll be seeing this, which is great. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're missing so much. (laughs) You really are. You're, you can't see my uh, garbage pile by the back door. Or my garbage pile right behind me. I'm hiding it with my chair. (laughs) And my lights, I keep changing colors. Hey, I like it, though. It's spooky. Yeah? Okay, well, that's good. Okay, I gotta poo. So, like, you can find us on Instagram (laughs) and Twitter Mm -hmm. and TikTok, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And if you're starting on this episode, just... (sighs) Just Just know that we know how you feel about (laughs) (laughs) We know. Because we, listen, we also feel the same. (laughs) Right. And the thing is, is that we wear it with honor (laughs) and and pride. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like we understand the train wreck you're experiencing Mm -hmm. because we are also in the rubble. (laughs) (laughs) We are sitting here burning alive (laughs) it's great and you're witnessing it and we're all doing this together Mm -hmm. so that's the end of this episode (laughs) okay Mm okay bye